This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Monday, September 30th, 2019. And, you know, well, we've been watching the news as we do every day, all week, all weekend. It never ends. I, it never ends because I like doing it. So, so it's always churning, always changing, always something new coming up. And, you know, that drives markets. Uh, sometimes it just drives it for a day, sometimes over half a day even. And sometimes it will drive it for a week, two weeks. And then some news is much more impactful. You know, especially news about a recession or a war or anything like that. That will have a big impact. But you listen to the show so we can give you some ideas of what's happening, some unbiased guidance. And that's what we try to do. I make an effort to do that. Anyways, I'm Steve Peasley, and I hope you will call me today. You know this is a call-in show. And, of course, you drive it. You, you tell me where you want to go. And because your questions drive the show, you know, it. I, I'm hoping to make it interesting to you. But at the same time, I want to inform everybody on financial dealings and you know what what's what's to watch out for what what are what can we expect in the future you know of our investments and what kind of investments should we do we do should we invest in now you know at this time and of course it's all the same the drive is the same we all want to have financial freedom at some point in our lives and that's why we do this Okay, so we're going to do our best to drive you to that path of financial freedom. I know sometimes it's kicking and screaming. I tell you what, I got a lot of relatives who don't want to go to that financial freedom path, and they don't, and they haven't. I've got relatives my age that are going to have to work until they die, and they hope that they can get the work because they didn't do what they should have done years ago, and that is to start saving for your retirement. So you to have a number of years left, start getting serious now. Don't wait. Don't wait. Everybody waits. Anyways, you need to give us a call. This is a call-in show. Our number is 888-99-CHART. We'll answer any questions financial. And there's a quick reminder about upcoming Invest Talk events. I'm already taking reservations. Well, you know, I have been taking reservations. Uh, for portfolio consultations, October 10th in San Jose and November 7th in New York. So I'm thinking that the next time I'll be in New York will be in January after the November 7th appointment because it's got to be after the holidays. And uh, I might be in San Jose again in <clears throat> November, but it had to be early. But if you want to meet with me, October 10th in San Jose, November 7th in New York. And, you know, these are wealth men. There's these are just portfolio views about your personal portfolio and whether or not we at KPP Financial can help you with it. And I'll answer any questions, you know, about your financial life because I will be going over that. That's what part of this, this meeting is about, to try to put you on a good path. Okay, and also we have a KPP Wealth Management Conference coming up. That's Saturday, October 12th in Irvine, California. That's our lesson a couple weeks away, by the way. And the title of this one is Earning Yield in a No-Yield World, Investing in Real Estate, Stocks, and Bonds for Income. 
And you can learn more, um, you know, uh, uh, you can learn more and register at investtalk.com about what we're going to do. Please tell your friends about the real estate investment learning opportunity if they have that kind of interest. And we'll see you there, whoever can make it. We, only, we do have a limited number of spaces. I, I don't think we're full or it might be only about halfway there, maybe two-thirds. So we do have space, but don't wait too long. My main talking point today concerns the viability of this headline. Uh, the $47 trillion death sentence for oil and gas. Now, is this an opinion? Or is things actually happening? Is the oil and gas market going to disappear? Are we going to get rid of all hydrocarbons out there? Is it really going to happen? I'll have you know right now, we can't even keep up with you know, the, 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 the ability for us to have clean energy. That space, that is, even though the pace is doubling every year of clean energy, then it's a great goal. I don't have a problem. But it can't even keep up with the growth of demand in energy. So if it's just the growth we're talking about, doubling of clean energy is not keeping up. So the death of hybrid, the death of oil and gas, you know, the need for oil and gas is probably a bit premature. It's going to be decades, decades, because it's going to take that long for clean energy to get to be dominant. It's just going to take a long time. Anyways, remember the world is growing. We got to keep up with the growth of the demand and the doubling of clean energy is not keeping up with the growth even, let alone the the demand that's already there. So that something has to explode in the clean energy field. And maybe it will. I hope it will. I hope. But, you know, don't think it's, you know, we'll talk about it more on the talking point. That's one of our main talking points. Another couple, three more that I want to talk about. <clears throat> Bad things about retiring early. Bad things about retiring early. Things that hold you back. Your decisions that will hold you back in life. And finally, <clears throat> I want to talk about the dollar, the U.S. dollar. It's getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And that's going to be a problem. Those are things we're going to discuss. The market was up. Dow was up 97 points. The Dow was, the, the NASDAQ up 60 and the S&P up 15. And so, you know, we've had a pretty good September. I mean, compared to what September has been. Remember, September, quote unquote, is the worst month of the year. And we didn't have, we, that wasn't that bad. Actually, I think it went up a little in value for the whole month. So that wasn't bad. So now we can move into October. Remember, October is known for having the worst stock market days in history. Okay, and of course, the worst day was back in 1987, October 20th, uh, October 19th. 1987, October 19th, 1987. The market went down, went down 20% one day. <clears throat> 20%. That's a lot. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and the new trading month begins tomorrow, October. It's already. 
And this was this will be the start of the fourth quarter as well. Remember, the fourth quarter and the first quarter are two best quarters of the year historically. Doesn't always happen that way, though. Think about the first quarter of this year. We had a 10% correction in the first month. Anyways, so give me a call. Con, you know, you can... If you want to talk about your portfolios, you want to talk about stocks, bonds, anything financial, give me a call. Our number is 888-99-CHART. Your objective is to work hard, plan well, and achieve financial freedom, right? You're in luck because Steve Peasley is here now. Ready to take your finance and investment questions. Call 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Give me a call. We'll talk about anything financial. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Cindy in San Jose. How are you doing, Cindy? Hi, Steve. Uh, Thank you for taking my call. Just want to let you guys know that you have... uh, really uh, influenced how I invested, but this stock that I'm going to ask is, I already had this stock before I started listening to you guys and, you know, looking at the financials. Mm-hmm. If you can help me with Plange GP holding, which is this P-A-G-P, uh, they have been giving good dividends, but they have, uh, from a great buy, then hold, they're now, uh, basically all the uh, advices now there is to sell. Can you give me some advice with regards to that? Sure. Uh, Plains GP Holdings, everybody, it's a limited partnership. So that alone should have a little red flag, Cindy, a limited partnership for you. The symbol is P-A-G-P. Now, what this limited partnership does, it owns 57% interest in Plains AAP Limited Partnership. Okay, so it owns other partnerships. Okay, and what do they do? Yeah, yeah, that's really what you want to know. Well, what do they do? Well, most likely it's in the gas and oil field. I'd have to look it up more closely. Pays a 6.8% dividend. Management owns 3%, which is always good when management owns that. Mutual funds are been, uh, been slowly increasing their ownership of this in the last year. So that's also good. Sales have been slowing down the last couple of quarters. They were in 15, 20, 50 percent in the quarters before that. But the last two quarters was uh, zero growth, and then the most recent quarter, two percent growth. So there's where your problem lies because last year it made two dollars eleven cents a share. This year it's going to make a dollar ninety eight. Next year a dollar ninety five. Not a big drop, but enough to give you a little bit of concern. The price of it is fairly reasonable though. I mean, you're talking about a $21 stock going to make $1.95 next year. Okay, so that means it's what, a 9 PE or so? My biggest issue with this company is it has lots and lots of debt. I mean, it's really indebted. So if interest rates start to rise at all, this company is going to have a real big problem. Way too much debt on their balance sheet. Um, now, maybe good debt, maybe they, they bought assets with that debt. I don't know. I can't tell from my screens here, Cindy. But I think that's your biggest fear, the debt load here. Will it pay uh, 6% next year? 
it's six point eight right now. Well, six 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 percent of twenty one dollars is a dollar eighty, and they only make a dollar ninety five. So I, I, they're going to have a hard time keeping up that high dividend. You know, they probably was cut it to some degree, maybe four to five percent, somewhere in that range, because they got that huge debt. They got to pay it. Cindy, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. P-A-G-P is the symbol, everybody. Uh, it worries me. The debt worries me greatly on this one. Okay, let's take a look uh, at some of the key benchmark numbers. Two-year treasury, 1.62. 10-year treasury, 1.7. So the relationship is in line where it should be. It's Of course, you know, we don't want the inverted curve where the two-year pays more than the 10-year. That's the bad. Gold is at fourteen ninety per ounce. It's softening a little bit because the dollar is getting so strong. Oil is down one and a half percent to fifty five dollars a barrel, and of course gasoline is holding steady about two dollars sixty five cents nationwide, dollar more here in the U S. And did you see this today? Retailer in trouble. Another one. Forever twenty one. You know the mall based fashion retailer. It. You know, focuses is focuses on teens, tweens, and young adults. It filed for Chapter 11 today. Chapter 11 is where they reorganize, so they're trying to come back. They're, the California-based company it may close up to 178 stores, according to the court records. That's what they proposed. Forever 21 has joined a growing list of stores retailers that have gone out of business. But now Forever 21 says they're not going out of business. It's just a reorganization, Chapter 11. But that's not good. It means you got to cut down. You've got more. You're not bringing enough revenue to cover the expenses. That's what that means. So they're in big trouble. Since 2017, there's been more than 20 retailers that have gone bankrupt, by the way. The one that's doing pretty well is TJ Maxx because, you know, they have that's a deep discount store. Maybe, maybe, maybe they're competing with online. It's pretty tough. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and let me remind you that Invest Talk radio program and the podcast replays provide a daily dose of market news with unbiased commentary. And we have a fairly new offering, Invest Talk Academy. It's an online training class covering a wide variety of financial investment subjects. I'm going to be doing a class this week. And it's going to be on uh, it's going to be on day trading, day trading lessons on how to do it. Maybe eight 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 ninety nine charters our number. Give me a call. The countdown has begun. We are less than two weeks away from the next. KPP Wealth Management Conference, investing in real estate, stocks, and bonds for income. The event will be held on Saturday, October 12th, and hosted by Steve and Justin at their Irvine, California office. Limited seating available, so act now. Make reservations through investtalk.com. Steve Peasley is here now, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. Call Steve, 888-99-CHART. Hey, Stephen, Justin, I have a question about an IRA. I have a uh, traditional IRA with uh, accounts set up with Fidelity and also a Roth account. Is it only a maximum of 7000 total between the two accounts, 
or are you able to max out both accounts with the seven or whatever the limits are, seven, and I'm not sure what the Roth is. If you can let me know, I appreciate it. Thank you. I think the limit limit is sixty five hundred. Less someone can correct me on that, and it's sixty five hundred each. But I, you know, there's limitations. Some of the limitations based on how much money you make. If you make too much money, you can't even put a money in in an IRA. So, um, and it depends if you have also a four hundred one k or not. Um, Can you put sixty five hundred in each? I'm gonna have to look that up because I do not know. You know, without maximum out, max out each. I'm not sure. If anybody knows that answer, I would love a call. You can tell me um, because it's just not my specialty. I usually call up my accountant, you know, my CPA when I have these kinds of questions. But I'll get that answer for you before. Maybe I can get that before the end of the show. Appreciate the call though. Now the question is: Can you max out both a Roth and a regular IRA in one year? with maximum uh, part, uh, um, <clears throat> funds into them. I think the limit is $6,500 each. But it, everything is subject to income. If you make too much money, you've got rules and regs about that. My main talking point today concerns an opinion from an energy analysis analyst that claims that the future of hydrocarbons is bleak. Well, well, is that true? So the reason why he's this is this is even a subject is because the 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 big banks that finance hydrocarbon research and drilling and you know all the costs involved. Some major banks have uh, are uh, you know are siding with the UN climate change summit in New York, committing themselves to decrease decrease their support of investments in oil and gas, that particular sector, in coming years. Now, the, the great banking groups have signed the so-called principles of responsible banking, which entails a promise by financial institutions to fully support the implementation of the Paris Agreement by decreasing hydrocarbon investment while promoting renewables. Now, first of all, we don't know just signing the agreement doesn't mean they have to. They're not bound by it uh and banks are all you know just like anybody any other business they're they you know they've they function on profits so i'm not sure how how much they will pay attention to this but let's say they they really do follow through let's say that that really happens the problem is the world is growing in its need for energy growing Okay, and it's growing quite fast because third world countries are trying to become first world countries. Therefore, that means they need more energy. They would like to have, you know, electricity in everybody's house. They would like to have vehicles just like we do, you know, here in the United States. So you can't blame them and they should try to achieve a better life for themselves. All right. Well, that means more energy. And I know that the clean energy people, and I like clean energy, I want it too, you know, they want to use renewable energy. Well, that's great. I'm okay with that. But the reality is the growth of the demand outsupplies the growth of the renewable energy uh, uh, facilities out there. In other words, let alone moving away from hydrocarbons in existing economies like ours, Forget about that because the growth of renewable energy can't even can't even put a dent in that because they are not keeping up with the growth of demand in hydrocarbons. In other words, 
They're not, renewable energy is not growing fast enough, even though it's doubling every year. You know, it's, it's growing fast. But that growth is still not even keeping up with the growth of demand, let alone the already in place need for energy that hydrocarbons are su- su- supplying. So this is going to be a problem. Yeah. So what might happen is because of this agreement that these banks are signing up, what might happen is we just might see oil and gas go up at super high price. Well, that's going to hurt everybody. Because if they're not going to find new supplies, right, they're not going to stop buying new supplies, and they're going to try to rely on just clean energy products who can't keep up with the growth, you're going to have a problem. We're going to have a problem here. Anyways, let's go to Glenn in Castro Valley. How are you doing, Glenn? Do you have a follow-up question? Or you can maybe you can answer my question about the uh, IRA. How are you doing? I, I could. I can answer your question. So... It's 6000 that someone can make a contribution to either the Roth or the IRA, and there is a 1000 catch-up provision that um, if you're over right. 50, you can add 1000 to that. So it's, it's either or, it's not both. Right, can't do both. Husband okay. and wife could do That's that, where... you, know, but the, the, you know, together and do a double contribution. You know, one to each, but right. no, they can't do a double. They can't do both. Thanks, Glenn. I really appreciate that. That's good information. I, th- I think I knew that, but I don't like to answer what I think I know. <laughs> you know, I don't want to do that. On tomorrow's Invest Talk, this opinion one Fang stock could rally another 40% before it gets overvalued. And that's tomorrow, by the way. I'm Steve Peasley, and. I invite your financial investing questions right now, 888-99-CHART. The time is now, and if you act now, the benefit to your financial future could be measurably significant. This is your chance to sharpen your investing skills through a valuable online classroom learning opportunity, InvestTalk Academy. Enrollment in InvestTalk Academy will introduce you to a weekly series of live investing classes conducted by KPP Financial Principals and InvestTalk hosts, Steve Peasley and Justin Klein. You'll profit from a critical degree of focused mentoring led by Steve and Justin. Hear their full analysis of the market. Follow along with charts and data points. Understand technical and fundamental analysis. Develop the mindset to become a successful investor. InvestTalk Academy offers an unprecedented value for serious investors. Register now at InvestTalkAcademy.com. This is InvestTalk, the radio program and podcast dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom. You may be a regular listener. You may even have called a few times. But if you've never called, what are you waiting for? The phone lines are open, and Steve and Justin would love to hear your questions right now. Call 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve and Justin. uh, Big fan of the podcast from New York here. I have one position in ABBV. That's ticker symbol ABBV, ABV, Inc., common stock. I am down about 22%. And uh, as I say, it's one position of my portfolio just wondering if I should just bail and get out. 
or hope to see some value come back into it. Love to hear your thoughts. Okay, uh, it's uh, AMVAV. It develops pharmaceutical products to treat immunology, virology, oncology, and other diseases. Uh, it is a $112 billion company, so it's, it's, not, it's not tiny. And the answer would be no, I would not sell it. Uh, why? Well, it's going to make uh, $8.90 a share this year. That's up uh, 13% from last year. Next year, it's going to make $9.67. And that's up another 9%. And it's a $75 stock. So that tells you the P.E. is what? Eight? Okay, about eight or so. And, you know, the range is 7 to 21. So, and it pays a 5.7% dividend at the same time. Yes, sales are kind of flattened a little bit. Uh, So let's say they don't go up, they don't go down, they stay flat. Okay, well, it's still going to make, earnings are still going to grow a little bit. And the stock is cheap. It bottomed at $64, and that was back in August. And now it's at 75 So it's moving off that bottom. And now my hit a lot of resistance now. But, you know, I think that you're looking at a company that's really reasonably priced. Uh, I think you'll buy it at this pace, these, these places. Now, I want to know why it fell um, I'm trying to look at the news, recent news here. Um, and it might be because of the opioid problem. That could be it. But I, I it just, if the, I don't see if they have that or not. I have to see if they produce it or if, that, or if they're exposed over there. But no, I think you hold on to it. I don't, I don't sell at this point. ABBV. This is a place to buy. Okay, it's right at the 200-day moving end. It's right at resistance now. So it might slow down, but it bounced from 64 to 75, you know, in a month and a half. That's 15% or so. No, I would not sell it. Let's keep moving. We can fit another caller question from our 888-99 chart number. So let's hear this call. Hey, guys. Just a quick question. I know a few days ago Steve talked about the life insurance. So there's a life insurance called an IUL, which is an Index Universal Life Insurance. Basically, it's supposed to help you make gains according to the S&P 500. If it goes up 5%, so does yours. I just wanted to know, I don't know if, this, if it's worth it or not, but like I've been having this policy. Uh, I've been paying for almost three years, but recently I've been looking more into it online, and they're saying the premium I'm paying is actually... It's just not worth it to have an IUL. Um, it's better to just invest that same amount of money you would have been paying on the premium into stocks. Just looking forward to your feedback. I love your show, guys. Please keep it up. Thanks. Yeah, usually the the formula is this: um, if you buy, if you take the premium that they that the difference between a term life policy for the life insurance part of that index universal life insurance. You take a term policy and pay that premium, which is much, much less than the index universal life insurance. Okay, pay that premium, and the difference in premium, invest that into the S&P 500, just like it is indexed in the S&P 500, and 10 years, 20 years from now, you'll be way ahead of the game. And that is true. Because these are policies, these are expensive insurance contracts. They're expensive, okay? Uh, They try to pretend to be an investment and a life insurance policy uh, all at the same time. And to some degree, that is true. But it's not the best way to go about it. 
So if you need life insurance, and that's a question, do you need it? What do I, what do you mean by need? Well, if you're, uh, if you're single and don't, uh, and have no children, no wife, no, no expensive liabilities like that, then why do you need life insurance? For what? If you die, who gets the benefit? Now, if you need it, you have children or you have a wife or a husband and you need to replace a salary so that they can continue on in a lifestyle you want them to have, there's a need for life insurance. You have a mortgage and you're married or have children, you have the need for life insurance. But if you don't have those things, you don't have the need for life insurance. It's a need. You need it. And if you do, my suggestion is always get a term life policy and invest in the market the rest, long term. Okay? Good question. Thank you for the question. I appreciate it. I'm Steve Peasley, and you're listening to Invest Talk, by the way. So, obviously, you understand the importance of unbiased guidance and opinions, or else you wouldn't be listening to me. And that's what our KPP Premium Newsletter does as well. I write it and distribute it every Friday, e-newsletter. Okay, so in the newsletter, you'll get information. I think it's pretty valuable information about, you know, market. And we and I analyze it every every week, what's going on. There's a portfolio management section. There's just a couple of stock ideas every week. And it comes, as I said, it comes out on Friday. So, and on Friday's show, I usually share some of the highlights from the newsletter. So, if you're interested, go and you can go to investtalk.com and sign up for the newsletter. And now I'm ready to take your questions, 888-99-CHART. This is InvestTalk. The economy is strong, mortgage rates are at or near historic lows, and the housing and real estate market is calling you. But just how can you, how should you become an investor in real estate? What is the best course of action based on your financial situation and risk tolerance? Should you consider a vacation rental investment, or are you better suited for buy-and-hold transactions? And here's something all investors have to deal with. We are living in a no-yield world. So how can you safely get income from stocks and bonds despite a choppy market? You can register to attend the next KPP Financial Wealth Management Conference. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein will lead the event, and they'll be joined by two real estate experts and a trust attorney. Get your questions answered efficiently at one time and in one place. Saturday, October 12th in Irvine, California. The KPP Wealth Management Conference. Seating is limited. Register now at investtalk.com. Okay, I know everybody wants to retire early, right? I mean, I thought that was the goal myself, and I did retire early and 20-something years ago. And I'll tell you what, bored instantly. But bad things can happen if you retire early. you got to think about this. Number one, the one, number one thing, and I, and I experienced this personally, is a kind of an identity crisis. Who are you? If you retire early, then who are you, really? Are you just a guy... A girl don't do anything your your time what 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 you, you have to come up with something you're just gonna sit around and watch TV play video games for me it was do I want to garden and go fishing and you know go to the gym every day and that's it that's just me that's it no you kind of want to make you know if you're going to retire early make sure you have something you're going to do 
Okay, you're not. I'll tell you what. If you retire early, you're going to become less productive, less efficient at anything you do because there's no, you know, you don't need to do it. You're kind of just sitting back. I think you know it's not all gravy when you retire early. So when you retire early, if that's your goal, and I understand that, that's a good goal. Make sure you have something lined up to do, charity work, something to keep you busy, both physically and mentally. It's kind of important, guys. So just don't think you're just going to retire and then I'm going to just, you know, do look in my backyard. I mean, it's not it's not a healthy thing. So just make sure you do that. So let's go ahead and get another voicemail while we can. Here it came in about a particular stock. Hi, guys. Calling to get your thoughts on Oshkosh. Ticker is OSK. I have a position in this right now, and it's been pretty beat up because of, I believe, the trade war issues. Just wondering if there's a, you know, long-term value in this and as a hold, or if uh, you guys would think about moving on from it at this point. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, Oshkosh Corporation, OSK. It's a $5.1 billion company, so it's a mid-cap. It, its sector is trucks and parts of heavy-duty heavy-duty trucks and parts. Manufactured especially commercial, fire, emergency, and and military trucks, truck bodies, and crane components. So it's done very well over the years. Um, It's going to make $8.04 this year after making $6.36 last year. Next year, it's going to slow down. It's probably because of the trade to trade dispute with China. They're going to make $7.75 next year, and it's a $75 stock. So it's going to be about a 9 P.E. Return to equity is very high, 20%. Very good for this kind of company. Uh, not too much debt. That's also very good. The company looks to have very good numbers. Very good numbers. So what should it be selling for? Well, it can't sell more from about the average PE, which is about 15. And then, then this in this area and the auto trucking business area, 15 is actually generous for a PE, I think. So this stock is not probably going to take off until we get a trade deal with China, or at least that gets resolved one way or another. And I think you're looking at this kind of sideways movement, doesn't pay much in the, the dividend, 1.4%. And I think it's, you know, value is probably around, you know, $80, $90 a share, somewhere in that range, but it's at 75 now. So don't expect you know, great things. It was $86 a share back in July, and it fell sharply in one day. And that's about a fair value, 86 So now it's 75 So don't expect that great of, you know, it's just not going to happen in this industry. This company, these types of companies do really good when, when um, economies everywhere do very well. And the only economy that's doing very well right now is the U.S. economy, really. I don't say very well. I don't want to say that. Doing well. How's that? Let's go to John in Santa Cruz. How you doing, John? Hi, Steve. How are you? I'm good. How you doing? I'm doing good. Um, so I wanted to ask you um, about these two companies. Uh, I'm thinking of buying stock in one or both. I They both look good to me, but I'm wondering if you like one better than the other. Uh, we're talking about Philip Morris? And or British American Tobacco, the of the two. Okay. I'm wondering which one you like. 
kind of like Philip Morris better. It's a $118 billion company, and this makes cigarettes sold worldwide under Marlboro and other brands. And, of course, they're into, um, you know, the smokeless pipe things, whatever they call those things. And I, I like vaping. the I like the exposure. Pardon me? It's a vaping, right? They're into the vaping. Yeah, the vaping thing, yeah. I'm a little concerned that the vaping thing could could cause a lot of lawsuits because of the you know flavors and yeah. alleged pointing at children. That concerns me. On the other side, though, I like the possibility of growth in the marijuana industry. And I do think Philip Morris and others will be involved in that. And that's where there's growth opportunities. But everything being equal, I do like Philip Morris better. The 6.2% dividend, the dividend is very solid. Um, sales growth has been slowly falling, but I think that might turn in the next few years. Um, but the price of the stock, you know, is pretty reasonable based on the, the value uh, of the earnings that they have. But you buy this thing for the dividend. But you do have that kind of uh, overhang out there, John, of a possibility of lawsuits down the road. So that's that's the only worry I would have. But if you're going to buy it for the dividend, the dividend is even during all that litigation with the tobacco companies and billions of dollars of settlement, they still pay their dividend. So I think the dividend is pretty secure. Philip Morris would be my choice in that area. Appreciate the call. Thank you. PM is a symbol, everybody. Philip Morris, PM. Things that would that might would hold you back. Things that hold people back in their lives. And this is one of the things that, you know, I'm trying to teach my younger nieces and nephews. And that's bad, poor decisions you make in youth can affect your life. For instance, uh, pregnancy is one of the one, unwanted uh, pregnancy. I mean, that could really hold you back because, you you know, you have to raise a child. So, your many of your decisions are restricted because of that. Dropping out of school, another one. I mean, I'm talking about high school even, that young. And you drop out of school, your choices become very limited as you go. Are you going to be working fast food places for the rest of your life? I mean, you're going to have to do manual labor. And even those jobs are disappearing. So make better decisions. Destructive vices. Destructive vices. I have a lot of young adults who like to get, the people I know that like to get wasted every weekend, either using alcohol or drugs. Alcohol and drugs are vices that are very difficult to stop. And not a good thing to do. Okay, um, not 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 mastering a specialty of something in your work life, not mastering your job, whatever that is, just kind of doing it. Oh, yeah, doing it. That's going to hold you back. And not have any dreams to pursue. You kind of have dreams to pursue. People, you know, they only think about it. They, some people just go through life. I mean, that's going to hold you back. Come on, get with it. Have some dreams. This is the best talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here to help you achieve financial freedom. That's the dream. Let's get your questions in now. 888 99Chart.
the next Invest Talk, one FANG stock could rally another 40% before it becomes overvalued. Could that opinion be correct? That story tomorrow. Hi, Steve or Justin. My name is Carlo, calling from Providence, Rhode Island. been listening to your show for a couple of years. Love it. I've been in the market for about three years, and I had a particular question about a security, V-A-L-E, Vail. It's the uh, iron ore company, and I had interest in it for a couple of years. I've made some money, but it's pulled down, and I'm wondering if this is a time where I should buy more or just wait till it comes back up. Be interested in hearing your answer on the show? I really appreciate it. Thank you. Bye bye. Okay, this is a Brazilian company, Vale, V A L E S A A D R, American Depository Receipt, meaning it's a foreign company traded on our exchange. And, and, and to do that, uh, it meets certain uh, financial criteria, reporting criteria that it has to do. Uh, so uh, ADR is sponsored by a large company here, a large financial company, usually here in the United States, usually Goldman Sachs or. You know, Wells Fargo, somebody big. Okay, they sponsor them, and their shares are you know sold on our exchange, traded on our exchange. So it's a Brazilian company engaged in mining, exploration of minerals in Brazil and five other countries. It makes money. It's going to make a dollar eighty-six this year. After making a dollar eighty-seven last year, it's going to make a dollar seventy-nine next year. So it's not growing. It's kind of stagnant right now. Uh, pays a dividend of 4.6%, and that's the only reason why you would own a company that's not growing, is it pays a nice dividend. Um, it, it, the, the sales are erratic year to year to year, quarter, quarter, quarter. They go up, they go down. But basically, the sales have been going up in general the last couple of years. But there's quarters that, you know, that it doesn't, and sales go down. Um, not much debt, which is really good. Uh, PE is around 15. The five-year range is 4 to 65, so a huge range in the PE. Return on equity is very good at 22%. Uh, um, uh, mutual funds have been, you know, um, net sellers in the last year. So there was 589 of them a year ago. Now there's 513. And you kind of need mutual fund support for stocks to go up. It's a huge company, $59 billion company. It's not small. It's a very big company. So I think, you know, it's it put in the bottom around 1050 or so recently. It's now 1150. It, we, you know, it was as high as, you know, $16 a year ago. Uh, back in 2012, the high was $26. But 2015, the low was two. 2016, the low was two. Remember, it's 1150. So it's a huge range here. Um, and the only reason you would want to hold it probably is because of the dividend, which is 4.6% now. Um, and it probably is, can sustain that dividend because it has very good cash flow of $2.55 and a very good return on equity. I, I, you know, I, if it's a good company. Uh, if the economies, when the economies worldwide start to recover, this is the kind of company that would probably do well on a recovery. Um, so, you know, you kind of, it doesn't excite me, but it doesn't worry me either. I mean, if you hold it, I think you'll be fine. You know, so if you hold it. Anyways, that's Vail, V-A-L-E, everybody. The U.S. dollar. Now, the U.S. dollar has been getting stronger, stronger, stronger. It's very kind of frustrating, uh, for a lot of people 
And it's kind of interesting that President Trump, you know, talks about, you know, they, he thinks the Fed should lower interest rates. And at the same time, he wants, you know, he wants our economy to grow because, you know, the dollar gets stronger because everybody's running from their, you know, currencies in their countries to the dollar. It's a safe haven. That's why it's getting stronger. And what's really interesting is while it's been getting stronger the last couple of years, Gold here this year has been doing very well. Usually gold goes down when the dollar goes up, but not this case, not this time. I mean, gold's up 15.5% this year, while the dollar's gone straight up this year. Well, not straight up, but up, constantly getting stronger. Dollar gets stronger because do you want the euro? you want the Chinese money? you want Japanese yen? Or would you rather invest in the dollar? Places that pay no yields at all and those their government bonds, would you want to be there or would you want to be in the U.S. dollar that pays 1% to 2%? Maybe a little bit more than 2%. See, that, that's why people are running to the U.S. dollar, making it stronger. That will change eventually, just don't know when. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program. And thank you for your loyal support and listenership. I do appreciate it. And of course, I'll be back tomorrow, October 1st, the first month, the first day of the new quarter, the first last quarter of the year. It'll be interesting. See you tomorrow. Good night, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.